unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And we're going to take on a subject. I love having you on the show because you tend to take on subjects that most people won't even talk about. And today we're going to be doing that. So I'm, I'm gonna, not going to tease it out any more than that, other than to say this is a subject that a lot of people talk about, but nobody really does a good job of explaining. Well, I'll tell you what, I used to get in a lot of trouble for talking about things everyone else would politely not talk about. But, you know, as, as my coach Jim Kemp once said, your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. And of course, the reverse is true. Here we go. All right. So let me start by telling you about something that happened years ago. This was before the internet had taken over so much of the publishing business. I had a mentor. He's retired now. And he told me about a print newsletter publisher that he had worked for. And this guy had, uh, to put it generously, a questionable business model. The publisher used to put out an expensive newsletter for a big money corporate industry. And a lot of employees of the companies that subscribe to his newsletter would have a single subscription. And then they used to do something that they thought was really clever. They would take the one issue they got each month and then they would make multiple photocopies of it and share those copies with people in other departments of their company. That way they wouldn't have to pay for multiple subscriptions. Now, the publisher knew this would happen, and he counted on people doing this, and that's how he made most of his money. See, copyright law allows you up to $25,000 in damages every time someone illegally duplicates your copywriting work. And I bet we have a few lawyers listening to this one, so I'm talking about 17 U.S. Code 1203 statutory damages. So anyway, somehow... This publisher, and I don't know how he did it, but he would find out the exact number of copies of his newsletter they made. He would multiply that by $25,000, threaten to sue, settle, and then collect a nice six-figure check from that company and quietly go on to claim his next victim. Lather, rinse, repeat. Yuck. Now, of course, that is nearly the scariest case of how the worst kind of swiping can get you in trouble. And in this case, it's as a consumer of content or copy or written words, not as a copywriter or as a marketer. So it's not exactly the kind of swiping we're going to talk about today. Still, when you take existing work and use it as the basis for your own new work, you need to know where the line is and not go over that line. And we'll talk about swiping today. And what I just said is an important reminder that we'll build on. And here's another important reminder for you. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use and what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, 
you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So now let's get into swiping, okay? So I actually asked you to do this episode because uh, this is one of those very confusing topics for a lot of copywriters and a lot of people hear terms like a swipe file. You got to start a swipe file. You need to learn how to swipe. Um, but not very many people talk about the ethics of swiping, what swiping actually is, what a swipe file is. And um, it's one of those, it's one of those uh, foundational things where uh, it's not the, it's not the um, pretty, here's, here's the magical words to use in your headlines. It's not the like bright, shiny object stuff of copywriting. So I think maybe it's boring for a lot of people to talk about, and that might be why they don't talk about it. So I do appreciate you taking the time to go into it this week. Oh yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for asking. It's, um, it is a, a complicated subject with a lot of pieces. We're going to make it as simple as possible. So we'll talk about a swipe file. First, let's talk about what swiping is. Okay. Swiping is when you use existing copy in some way to create new copy. And there are several ways to do it, ranging from the unethical and the illegal to the ethical and acceptable. And in simple terms, you would look at a headline or an entire sales letter or an ad or a webinar or any piece of, of work, and you would use that as the basis for doing something else. Now, the worst way, number one, the unethical way, this is what people who don't know any better or people who think they can get away with it or people who just don't care sometimes do. They will duplicate other people's copy word for word. That's not really swiping, that's stealing. And it's dangerous. I mean, it's legally dangerous. Not only are there big fines, like up to $25,000 an instance, but it can get even worse than that. There can be criminal penalties. You can go to jail for copyright infringement. And if you don't believe me, Google criminal copyright law in the United States and look at the Wikipedia article and you'll see that you can. So what violating copywriting law means, and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm just going to give you my jailhouse lawyer opinion, is you violate copywriting law by copying someone else's work so closely that either it's word for word or it seems similar enough to the original that would be hard for an ordinary person to tell the difference. Pretty much word for word, very similar. So just don't do that, okay? Don't do it. Number two, there's a gray area where you change enough so it's clearly not the same as someone else's work, but it's pretty recognizable. There are a lot of similarities. And that's probably legal, but it's kind of cheesy and it's not really a good idea. And number three, the type of swiping we're going to talk about today is nowhere near to stealing or shameless word-for-word -word copying. It's legal to do and it's okay. And as we'll see, it's not always the very best way to write, but sometimes it's the most practical, it's acceptable, and you can come up with truly original, new and fresh stuff this way and not worry about getting into trouble if you do this right. And to understand how to do this right, we need to get even clearer on the difference between swiping and stealing. And we'll talk about how you get your swipe file after that. 
So the short version is when you're swiping but not stealing your borrowing structure, your borrowing ideas, but you're not using the same words themselves, at least not all of them, and certainly not in the same niche as where the original copy appeared. So let's, let's go a little deeper. Um, the difference between swiping and stealing. Stealing being plagiarism. Legally, again, you'd have to talk to a lawyer to get the exact definition and all the nuances. But from what I understand as a non-lawyer, first of all, you absolutely cannot. You are legally forbidden from copying something word for word. Otherwise, you're violating copyright. That's stealing. Now, this is where it gets a little trickier. If you copy most of the words, but not all of them, but again, it would be hard for the average person to tell the difference between what you wrote and the original, you could still be in hot water. That could be copyright violation, I think. Ethically, you need to come up with something that is substantially new and different for it not to be stealing. And I guess substantially, again, it's a matter of opinion. I would say, again, if someone looks at your copy and they say, this looks a lot like someone else's, then that's not good. And, and here's another thing a lot of copywriters don't think about, but everybody should. You don't want to get the reputation of someone who gets too close to the line of stealing. Believe it or not, people who hire copywriters talk a lot about copywriters to each other. So you don't want to be one of the copywriters they talk about as a swiper. So the takeaway is strive to have some, as much as you can, noticeable originality in what you do. And, and finally, here's um, another scary thing. There's this online robocop called copyscape.com. C-O-P-Y-S-C-A-P-E.com. And what it will do is it scours the internet to find similarities between your copy and something else. So if you write a sales letter and it has 95% of the words that someone else's sales letter does, they can just cut and paste what you wrote into Copyscape and you're, you got a target on your back, okay? I don't use Copyscape myself, but I know people who do. So you've been warned. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm going to... I'm going to ask a question then, because uh, I've seen right now the really popular thing to do is what people are calling funnel hacking, where you go and you look at somebody's landing page, and then you, it's it's very close to just straight up plagiarism a lot of the times. They say, oh, um, this guy's landing page says something like, how would you like to make $5,000 a month in your spare time? And they'll change it to $15,000 a month. And they're like, oh, it's not a car. I changed the one word from $5,000 to $15,000. When it comes to like funnel hacking and and, uh, people pretty much just taking other people's sequences, it seems like a very gray area. What are are your thoughts on how to avoid um, kind of falling into that legal gray area trap that I think a lot of people are walking on the wrong side of the line with right now? Okay, well... Good question. I'll get into that more when I I give the examples. I've got a few examples uh, for everybody. But the the main thing is 
what what you what you just the example you just gave sounds very dangerous if the person who has the five thousand dollar a month landing page is litigious likes to go to court. I don't think putting a one in front of the five makes it substantially different. Um, the the answer is to learn how to take the idea and use different words and maybe like make the page look a little different and maybe make the bullets a little different and maybe make your offer a little different. So the key thing is noticeable differences. I mean, that's, that's the short of it. And, and that would go for all of the emails in the funnel as well. And, you know, uh, every, every other page, you know, obviously you're probably not going to get dinged if your order page looks a lot like someone else's order page because you're really using someone else's for using the shopping cart company's format anyway. But the the main parts of your marketing material need to look different enough. Okay. Okay. So, um, a, a swipe file is a collection of pieces of copy, whether it's a funnel or a sales letter, you know, individual emails that um, someone else is using that is working. And again, I'll get a little more into where you can find them and how you can build them and so forth. But let's talk about why they're important first. This is why. The hard truth that's become clearer and clearer to me over the years is the things that actually do work, the headlines, the offers, the copy approaches, the leads, the closes, the guarantees, all of those things are pretty simple. But of all the possibilities, all the different ways you could come up with to say, to write, to do, and I'm talking copywriting here, but really this applies to so many other things as well. Very few of these simple things actually do work. And most of them that you would think work, if you haven't had any experience yet, won't work. So let me give you an example of what I mean. Let's focus just on headlines right now. So when you first writing, start writing copy, when you first start writing copy, you have no idea of what will work unless you've done a lot of one-on-one selling or maybe you've done selling from the stage. Otherwise, you're probably not going to know what works. So you could have these three headlines if you're selling a, a course on copywriting or a a course on conversions, you could say, number one, how about higher conversions? Number two, who else wants higher conversions? Number three, higher conversions, the true mark of a seasoned copywriter. Okay, so if you're trying to write real conversational, but you don't really know don't really have a sense of copy that works yet you might try this first one how about higher conversions it's not good you wouldn't know that unless you'd been around a while um or if you're an avid reader maybe you read a lot of literature maybe you read the um, new york review of books you might pick the third one because it sounds literary higher conversions the true mark of a seasoned copywriter okay and that's not gonna work Um, But if you have a swipe file, and if you've studied things that work, then you know who else wants blank is a proven headline formula that's been used for decades. 
in, do- in dozens of different niches. So you pick number two, who else wants higher conversions? And you'd have a better shot with that one than with the other two. It might work, it might not, but the odds are very highly in your favor. So swiping saves you the step of having to test all three headlines to find out if any of them would even work at all. But again, you still have to come up with your own words for the second half of the headline, who else wants blank to fill in the blank. And once you come up with who else wants higher conversions, it'd be a real good idea to use Copyscape to make sure someone else in your niche isn't already using that headline. So I call swiping curated freeze-dried success. It means sort of the marketplace and history and many tests have singled out the few things that work. You have to add more than water, though, in order to use it yourself. You have to add some thought, but at least swiping gives you a good running start. It shouldn't be the end of the process, though. Now, if you understand the structure of headlines that work, you might be able to do some variations on who else wants higher conversions. Once you understand the psychology, what's going on there, who else wants? Well, that implies people already want it, and you can offer it to them. It implies it and gets people to think that gets them to keep reading and may get them to respond. So you could use that psychology to come up with three variations like this, for example. Only one in 100 copywriters gets outstanding conversions. Here's how you can be one of them. You've got the social proof, you've got the envy, and you've got an offer right in there, you see? Or you could say, I'm looking for 10 copywriters who want to improve their conversions. Same ideas there. Or here's an exclusivity version of who else wants. Not every copywriter focuses on conversions, but if you're one of the few who do, this will be of great interest to you. Now, I can tell you all of those would probably work. I can't tell you how well or which one would work better without testing, but all of those three started with swiping. Do you, do you get that, Nathan? I'm, I'm trying to explain this. It, a lot of it is sort of inside baseball stuff a little bit. It's like you need to know copy and the psychology to see how those three sprung from the first one. What, what do you think? Yeah, they all come from the same idea that you started off with the who else wants. Um, each of them kind of have that at their core without explicitly stating who else wants perfect it's it's when they come from an idea and they have the idea at their core but they don't use the same words that's where you're home free there's you cannot copyright and with a r-i-g-h-t uh, you cannot copyright an idea um but you can copyright strings of words i want to take a moment to point out how vitally important headlines are in copy as you may already know The strength of your headline accounts for up to 80 or even 90% of the effectiveness of your ad. Think about that. What if there were a way to shortcut the headline writing process and start a new headline based on a proven winner? Well, there is. It's all in my book called Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. This book is available now on Amazon.com. Advertising Headlines That Make You Rich. What's unique about this book is it shows you exactly how to adapt a proven winner to your product or service, because I show you 10 adaptations for each headline in different niches and explain the psychology of how to adapt a headline. 
Advertising headlines that make you rich in hard copy and Kindle formats on Amazon. Now, back to our show. In order to build a swipe file, you know, there are people who sell swipe files. Uh, let me let me give you some... Let me Well, let me tell you this. It, you know, before the internet, it used to be a lot easier because you would sign up for a postal mailing list. So maybe you would sign up for Boardroom Reports, which is sort of a, or, you know, bottom line personal. And it's sort of like a, a business summary, practical thing. And all of the other publishers of similar newsletters or magazines would go to a mailing list broker and buy a list that had your name on it. And so as soon as you got on one list, you'd be on five and then 10. And then your biggest problem is storing all the mail that you got and categorizing it, reading it. That's, it used to be easier. But these days, there's a lot fewer lists. There's a lot less mailing, a lot more is on the internet. So that's not an easy way. And a lot of the copy you want to see is online, or at least you could look at old copy, but where are you going to get that? So I've got a few sources. These are free sources that you can get. Um, swiped, S-W-I-P-E-D dot C-O, not com, but swipe.co. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there. Okay, and then Michael Senoff has a couple of sites that anyone who wants to swipe should check out. One is hardtofindads.com. There's a lot of stuff there that's for free. He has another site called Hard to Find Seminars where he interviews people and he'll sell the interviews, usually at a, a pretty low price. And once you get on his list, he will sell swipe files from time to time. He, he manages to collect them. And so you can buy stuff from him. And usually it's, you know, very affordable. Then there's Lawrence Bernstein. He has infomarketingblog.com and he has a tremendous number of swipes and some swipes and some interesting commentary too. Very, very smart guy, very good copywriter, good marketer. The fourth thing I would say about sources of good swipes is you want to capture and copy everything you can see. And this can be hard because now some People have started to use, not sure how they do it, but I think it's some kind of JavaScript or something. So you cannot like just download the website with the copy on it. You can't highlight the copy and paste it. That can be a real pain in the ass. You might have to do a, a screenshot of every screen. Um, if you try to do scrolling screenshots, it won't work. So there, there are some things where you may, just may need to save the URL and read it. I don't I don't know what to say, but it, it is harder to do that these days. Do you have your favorite places for swipes yourself? I, I'm going to say I use Evernote to keep my own swipe file. And Evernote actually has page capture and text capture features. So Evernote's found a way to work around those JavaScript blocks. Oh, good. Um, so I like Evernote. Uh, but I wanted to kind of get your point of view on old school copywriting before copy and paste from the internet. Um, and, and like actual, I saw, I, I know a lot of my other mentors, they kind of would do a lot of like photocopying of ads that they, that they saw that worked. How, but my question is, how do you know what to swipe and what not to swipe? What are some things to keep in mind? Because just, 
just because somebody's running an ad and you see it one time and it grabs your attention, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a, it's worthy of of uh, taking up space in your swipe file, does it? No, I mean, so in in the old days um, before the internet, if you saw an ad in a magazine, you want to look at the next month of the magazine and you want to look at the next month and the next month. You know, direct response marketers are not going to keep running an ad that doesn't work. Same thing with mail. Um, if you have a you know direct mail letter or you have a magalog, and as a mailer, as a marketer, you can usually mail it two or three times if it works and get additional sales the second and third time. So sometimes if you get something more than once. Also, if you get something from a person or a company that just has a, a good reputation, not like a good moral reputation, hopefully they do, but um, a, a good um, direct response savvy reputation, they know what they're doing, then you can figure if it got to the point where they invested thousands of dollars to, to mail it or to run the ad, then, then that's good. It's, it's hard to tell. I mean, it's a good idea to take some courses, to read some books. And we've got a couple of podcasts just on, on the books to sort of get a sense of feel because direct marketing that works is so at odds with not only what we've been taught in school, but what most people see from most ad agencies on TV. Um, a lot of the internet is terrible marketing from a direct response marketing point of view. So you need to um, have some kind of foundation of knowledge and, and a framework to look at things. Otherwise, it's going to be very hard to pick the right thing. Okay. And that's why I really like, uh, you mentioned swiped.co and you, you mentioned um, hard to find ads. I like both of those resources because those are compiled by people and they're compiled by people that probably know what they're doing a little bit more than most Definitely. Most copywriters out there. Um, so let's say you've got a good swipe file. You've got access to some of the resources that you mentioned earlier. Uh, how, do, how do we use these swipe files? What are the things that when we're getting ready to write and we've got these resources, we've got these uh, building blocks to start from, how do we go about building our ads now? Well, the, the first thing is more emotional and um, mindset than technical. Some of the best copywriters I know will read copy, read a piece of copy every day, good copy, or they will also read copy before they start writing a particular piece. Some of them read it out loud, again, to get into the flow of what really works. So I call that modeling and inspiration. Another thing that's good, well, of course, you know, one thing that's good is to build off of the core essence of a of a successful headline. Uh, and beyond that, to get to the bones of the sales argument, it's good sometimes to take a successful sales piece and break it down functionally. What does this part do? What does this part do? What does this part do? And, and literally map it out, write it out on, on a printout or, or do a little flowchart just to understand how sales arguments work. And in the same vein, to, to get the essence and superstructure. Now, I do know people who have copied these things sentence by sentence 
but at a functional or conceptual level. They're not literally copying the words. Okay, so this sentence talks about your feelings or the reader's feelings. So I'm going to talk about the reader's feelings in my next. And and I guess that works. It's never been a favorite thing of mine, but um, some people do that, and sometimes that works too. The The thing, again, you don't want to do is you don't want to copy word for word, and you you want to make you don't want to adapt someone else's work without putting your own two cents worth in. And by two cents worth, I mean, you have to put some of your own words, some of your own ideas, some output of your creative imagination in there. The other thing is along the same lines that you don't want to do. You don't want to adapt mindlessly. Uh, It'd be possible to, write something where there's no plagiarism involved, where you're just like adapting something for another industry, which is always a good idea, and to to find something outside of the industry that worked and try that. And what you've written makes no sense. So, you know, if the original thing, the original piece was for, you know, a smile-straightening a dental device, and what you're selling is a lawnmower, you're not going to want to say, and now the shoots of grass on your lawn will all be perfectly aligned. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I know there are some people who are so picky about their lawns that it might make sense, and if you're one of them, I apologize. But for everybody else, it doesn't make sense. Okay, so you've given us a little bit of what not to do, and I know that... uh a big resource, a big um, inspiration for you was Gene Schwartz's uh, breakthrough advertising. You said that he has, uh, you've mentioned this before on the podcast too, three levels of creativity. How Mm -hmm. do those play into swipe using swipes and and, uh, using a swipe file? Sure. So on chapter five, page 59 of breakthrough advertising, Gene Schwartz talks about three levels of creativity and he's really only talking about a headline, but this could easily apply to the rest of your copy too. He says the technique number one is, or level one is the word substitute technique. And he says this is the shallowest of, of all three. This is basically what most people think of as swiping. So you have your who else wants blank. You know, the original one, I think from the 40s, when uh, <laughs> how well your washing machine worked was like a matter of national security. Um, and they said, who else wants a whiter wash? And um, another version, old school version, which you know is still being used today in more modern form is, who else wants a screen star figure? Okay. Um, so our substitute was who else wants higher conversions? And if you just type in who else wants into Google, you see there are plenty of people using that. It it works. So, but that's that's sort of the lowest level. Then the second way is what he calls the second level is what he calls through formula. He says this is deeper and more difficult. And I certainly agree with that. I don't think I disagree with Gene Schwartz about anything, but I certainly agree with that. The formula doesn't mean words necessarily. It means where you combine swiping at the more essence level of what the headline does 
with an understanding of the rules and principles of copywriting. So we had three examples of that before the the formula, where the formula is basically adhering to rules, staying within um, a way of doing things, but not necessarily strictly using the same words. So this is one only one in 100 copywriters gets outstanding conversions. Here's how you can be one of them. So it it uh, it speaks to the essence of who else wants higher conversions, but it changes it, changes the words, and talks about exclusivity and um, creates maybe some fear that people aren't getting higher conversions and they need to read this to get higher conversions. Those are all principles of copywriting, the fear, the envy, the exclusivity, all those things. Then there's what he calls the analytical approach. And the analytical approach, this, the, so the, the most well-known Example of this, I would say, is what the financial newsletter copywriters do when they come up with a big idea. And you'll see why in a second. The analytical approach, Gene Schwartz says, it means a solution which has cost you days and weeks of painful effort and which has done its job perfectly, but it can only be used once. So that's not swiping at all right that's where you brainstorm stuff you research stuff you maybe write out 20 or 50 or 100 different headlines you talk to people and then suddenly it all comes together out of nowhere and the closest example i can give is the headline i wrote for the vsl on one of my sites and the headline is today i'm going to show you something you can do on Friday and have cash come in the door on Monday. Now, it didn't take me days and weeks and months to write that. It did take me days and weeks and months to create the product with Brian McLeod and to deliver the seminar. So there was lots and lots of thinking before we realized that's the angle. That's the hook. So that's, and that's highspeedcopywriting.com. And I'll tell you, it it does its job. Five years later, five years after we released the product, it's still making money. And it, it took me a long time working on the product. I'm selling to get to the point where I could write it, although it did not take me days and weeks to write it. But it did, you know, in, in the sense of getting into the subject and figuring out what the unique um, attention-getting benefit would be. And that just comes from really knowing the product well that you were selling. Yeah, it does. And getting to know a product well takes time, especially when you're creating it yourself. Yeah. David, a fantastic episode. I know that this is going to be a tremendous help for me, and I'm positive it's going to help a lot of the copywriters out there. Uh, Where can people go if they want to check out more episodes of the Copywriters Podcast? Well, sure. It's at copywriterspodcast.com. Awesome. David, thank you so much, man. Until next time, I'll catch you later. Okay. See you later. Thanks, Nathan. If you found this show valuable and you'd like to get it in the ears of other people, the best way to do that is to subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes.